0: Thank you for listening to Speed Bumps. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed my podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening on. I also wanted to plug my YouTube channel, where I'm posting videos every Friday under the hashtag Fin Approved Fridays. In the videos, I demonstrate how I do everyday tasks and tell you if the items are Fin approved. You can find my YouTube channel by searching one. Thumb L, that's O-N-E, Thumb E-L, or clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and on to the show. When
1: you're driving,
0: speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go-go-go world, Society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps, but in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps. And that is what makes life interesting.
1: Sort of a frightening experience to realize, well, maybe I was wrong about a lot of stuff and uh, not enough people do that, I don't think. Um, And I I suppose I also love about myself, I think that I have... um, I have a big heart. And I don't know if a lot of people see that online, because it's easy to get a little bit uh, sassy, (laughs) easy to get um, into this uh, mode of, well, let's try to own each other and this and that. And I I do try to stay away from that. But I do, um, you know, before, before what I was doing now, I was um, a a writer, and an actress, and uh, an artist in that way, not that that part has left me, but I do have a big heart. And, And that is why I'm doing what I'm doing now is that I care about people. I think we all do. Sometimes our care is misguided and I want, I want people to, um, I want people to know the truth, you know, so I'm still doing, even though it's taken a different turn, I'm, I'm, I still have the same mission for what I'm doing and the same, um, the same compassion for people.
0: Yeah. It's not, what you maybe thought it would look like, right? When you Mm -hmm. had this dream in your head of, yeah, these are my goals and this is how my life's going to plan out. Sometimes it takes a different turn, but that core mission is still there. It's just being done differently. Yeah. And some people may be very angry with the fact that you (laughs) changed your, uh, how you're going about this.
1: Yes. Yeah. There, I mean, there is a lot of, Anger. I don't know if I should. I mean, I suppose maybe I should backtrack for guests because they don't know anything. No yes, one, yes. <laughs> I did not expect them <laughs> to know anything about me at all. Um, but yeah. Do you want me to just dive Please. into that? I guess. Please. Um. Well, I. I like a lot of people. Um, twenty twenty was a a challenging year for me, and uh, a lot a lot of changes happened. So I. Was I still am living in Los Angeles. Um, I was sort of, uh, I had been an actor for a long time. I left in 2017, 2018. Uh, I left pursuing it professionally. I still do it sometimes when I'm asked. And I left for a lot of reasons, and, and maybe we'll dive into that. And I was kind of struggling. I was lost. I was not in a good financial situation. Um, neither, I, I my family struggles with finances too in 2019 had been a really hard year for us. I had, uh, helped my parents, um, with an eviction and that type of thing. And, um, it, it just, it just struggles and I was mm-hmm. lost. And then 2020 <laughs> happened, uh, you know, and in March of 2020, I lost my jobs and, and that was a big, um, Sort of gut punched for me because I have been employed since I was 16 years old and I need to work, you know? Uh, I think we all need to work regardless of our financial situation for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Very few people don't need to, but I specifically, you know, um, I do have some financial concerns with my family. I don't, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but I just, you know, I need to work. And, uh, but that said, I was, I was on board with COVID, you know, uh, restrictions. I totally wanted to do my part. I, didn't know what was going on. I remember being upset that my parents didn't take it seriously enough or my friends, this and that. Um, I stayed home and wore a mask in the grocery store or whatever else. And, um, it started to be a couple months in, you know, I started to have all those concerns about, well, when are we going to get back to work? You know, because, even at that point in my memory it was clear that a lot of people much more than they originally predicted and thank god for that we're going to survive the mm-hmm. virus but were they going to have anything to come back to i mean right and here are the people who you know, are frequently talking about mental health and and emotional health. And, you know, are we caring about mental health right now and, and emotional health and spiritual health during coronavirus restrictions? It didn't seem to me like we were. We certainly weren't caring about financial health of either individuals or the nation. And so I started to have some questions about that, um, you know, and then there were the weird lines on the floor of the grocery store Uh, things caution, the the parks caution taped off. And Los Angeles, I was in Los Angeles the whole time and Los Angeles went very, very heavy. Um, And then in summer of 2020, um, that was really when I felt a very deep, deep betrayal because I had been a liberal my whole life. I had been Democrat my whole life. Didn't, I wasn't really involved in politics. I didn't know too much about it. But I knew that voting Democrat was the compassionate way to vote. Um, I, Like I said, I was born and raised in Southern California. I'd been an actress. I voted for Obama. I voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. In fact, I drove a 100 miles round trip to do that <laughs> um, because I was still registered in Orange County and I lived in L.A. Um, and I only voted for Hillary Clinton on that ballot. I didn't know anything else at all other than her name and that I was with her. Um and then summer 2020 um what my it seemed to me like I was being told uh by the democrat leaders in my city and in my state and really across the nation and obviously republicans were on board with this at the time too but in my memory you know it was no democrat leaders whatsoever standing up against it at all and it was clear in summer 2020 that I could go out and protest um, also seemed like I could do more than protest on behalf of BLM, but I couldn't go to work, and that bothered me so much um because it was hypocritical, and I had already seen these inklings of well, it doesn't really matter that you want to go back to work it's it's this is for the best that we all stay home, um even though as I said it, it was clear by that point that people were going to survive this and we had to have something to go back to. Um, But on top of that, and I want everyone to be able to go out and protest, obviously that's your mm-hmm. first amendment, right. But on top of that, you know, we were being encouraged to, I remember doctors, um, not every doctor, but doctors signing a letter saying, don't shut down the protests. They're an important historical moment. Uh Far worse things than protests happened obviously across the nation. And in Los Angeles, I, um, I watched these mom and pop shops and these independent restaurants, you know, that had just barely been allowed to open with COVID restrictions and masks and, you know, very few people allowed inside. I watched them have to board up again. Uh, some of them spray painted, you know, black owned business on, and I just, it seemed really crazy to me. Just and, and not even a commentary on, you know, Floyd's death or anything like that. It just seemed crazy to me that we were in the middle of this alleged, public health crisis. And yet we were encouraging people to go out and protest. And uh, that that, that blew, blew my mind. At one point we were under a nightly curfew due to peaceful protests. Uh on top of a lockdown that had gone on for months, you know and it would it would go on for many more months and not that we necessarily knew that at the time, although I kind of had an inkling and Los Angeles ended up being one of the longest in lockdowns and one of the longest in the mass mandates, you know well into uh twenty twenty two actually we were in an indoor mass mandate, so that that very much bothered me, and it wasn't what bothered me wasn't so much, okay, well, these people disagree with me and and this is an unprecedented situation and uh, they have a different idea of how to respond to it. And I'm humble enough to know I'm not a doctor, which people like to remind me. I'm not a scientist. You know, <laughs> I get that. Uh, um, but what bothered me was was that there, there was a refusal to admit that I might have any honest reason for disagreeing. So whenever I would, I saw a lot of rhetoric online, first off about, um, and I realize this is anecdotal, but I it seemed to me a lot of rhetoric online about, well, the only people who care about lockdowns are wealthy white Republicans who want to, you know, go get their hair done or something like that. And I thought, well, a lot of people get their hair done, first off. And second of all, the hairdresser's job is essential to the hairdresser, obviously. You know, right? no one needs to get their hair done. Yes, we get that. But the hairdresser both needs to probably and also enjoys that gives her or him a sense of purpose dressing hair. Like that's everybody's job is essential to the person who holds it. And that rubbed me the wrong way initially. And then on top of that, we're being permitted to go out and protest. And, you know, so that that's what really bothered me is that I would bring this up. I, I would see that type of rhetoric online, that it was some kind of racial issue or class issue, which I understand the class part of it. But again, everybody's job is essential to him or her and when i would bring it up myself in like a very polite way because i was not a commentator at the time and i was i was still so democrat so liberal um i would write like these long facebook posts that were very very polite and i would be i i got a lot of pushback for it i would say you know does the park have to be caution taped off like maybe we could go and use the workout machines to stay mentally and physically fit and healthy during this global health crisis and people called me selfish and racist And, uh, you know, which blows my mind that I was racist for having issues with lockdown, but because of the historical moment that it was juxtaposed with and because of what we were being told about, uh, you know, different skin colors, having different death rates due to COVID, a lot of which I question uh, now, you know, because I don't know that we were really told the honest truth about who died from COVID versus who died with COVID. But yes, and we all know that now, you know, but regardless, I I couldn't believe I was being called selfish and racist just for having a very, very, very polite, different viewpoint. And that really bothered me. Um, And I saw that continue. I saw that continue. And I didn't see any Democrat that I knew or any Democrat that I knew of, more importantly, possibly, you know, anybody in a leadership position caring about anybody at all who had any, took any kind of issue with the response to COVID. and. So I walked away from the Democrat party, you know, um, because it felt like a betrayal and I was proven correct in a lot of ways. We were all proven correct. But the Democrat leaders and I'm not saying no Republicans did this at all. But in Los Angeles, we went on to, like I said, be in a lockdown for many, many more months. At one point we had the vaccine passports, you know, which I knew were coming, you know, once I saw this response, I realized, okay, well, this is not going to be clearly, it's not going to be an optional vaccine. Right. And sure enough, that was, that was correct. And so it wasn't as if we lost our minds for a moment, uh, either party, both parties, one party, and then we got back on track. It was like, Los Angeles, which is a Democrat city, Democrat straight, we held on to this and we doubled down for, like I said, well into 2022. And so it was really, it went on much, much longer than summer 2020. But that was the big moment that I I just realized, okay, well, these people don't, they don't care about me. And I did not, I didn't jump to, okay, well, I'm going to talk online and I'm going to be a conservative or anything like that. It was just for the first time in my life, I realized, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm not represented by the Democrat Party. Maybe the people that I thought were compassionate and it's the right way to vote, uh, maybe maybe it's not. Clearly, they don't represent me in this instance and I really, really need to go back to work. So that was a big <laughs> turning moment for me. Sorry, that was a very long answer. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, I, I appreciate it. The, the way my husband describes it as um, your bubble of belief and when someone challenges and, and not, this isn't exclusive to liberals or mm-hmm. democrats um, mm-hmm. it's for most people if you challenge their bubble of belief the thing that makes them feel safe they're going to get very emotional and push back. they're going to call you yeah. all the isms or the ists mm-hmm. and um, have an emotional response instead of like a logical one or even a conversation right like yes. you can have an emotional conversation but that art of conversation has been lost in today's society. If you yes. disagree with someone, you're just a bad person. Even if they're mm-hmm. like, but here, look, like here's some data. No, no, yes. that's that that's bad data. That's false data. That's mm-hmm. misinformation. And a lot of people don't like their bubble of belief burst.
1: No. No. They get it's, very it's angry. And <laughs> I mean it's true. It's true. And I've 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 gotten you know, a little bit of attention recently from a a video I made about walking away, even though it was two years ago. And um, I I recently made the video, but walked away two years ago. And it's, it's been a reminder all over again of, and I know that I am um, uh, jarring now, you know, at at the time I was just like, Hey, maybe we need to get back to work. Like, Hey, maybe this isn't. And now I've, I've grown in my beliefs and I've, I've grown in my voice and I know that it can be, um, you know, upsetting to some people, but It is. It really is. And I think it's obviously it's social media, Um, but it's there is an absolute there's a Thomas Sowell quote that I love. And I don't know, I'm paraphrasing it, but one of the most pathetic and dangerous things of our times is. The refusal of people to recognize that other people might have any honest reason for disagreeing with them. And, and that really rings true for me It's just we, we go straight to, like you said, the isms. I mean, from, in my view, racist has lost all meaning, I, you know, and it's, it's like a joke now, which is pretty sad because, uh, racism does exist, you know, and, yeah. and people were, are, I mean, I don't, I, my view, not as much today, but certainly in the past, and today you know people are and were victims of it and how um how tragic and how disrespectful to those victims Inclu- and you know uh i you know I, I guess i can say anything it's a podcast right so yeah, nazis yes. nazis lost all meaning too you know and there were people yeah. who actually were victims of these things and now we just throw it out to well here's a white woman who has an issue with lockdowns or she's a conservative and and it's um it's pathet- it is pathetic to use thomas sowell's word again and it's very very sad and um i obviously social media i think is a is a big big part of that but it that is what really bothered me is that we couldn't even have a conversation and then of course it turns out and i don't say this with any joy but i was i was right about a lot of things and i certainly wasn't the only one and well shoot if we had had a conversation about it like i don't know maybe maybe los angeles would have had a different response i probably not but a lot of people were really really harmed and a lot of mistrust in in public health was was festered by the very people who were maligning us for being mistrustful of the public health experts you know i don't i don't think people realize the damage that was done by the response to COVID. And it's it's tragic because in my view, about half of the nation, uh, I don't have hard data for that, but it seems like we were split pretty 50-50. And a lot of people could have told you, okay, well, maybe this isn't the right way to go. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really unfortunate that we can't have uh conversations with people.
0: One thing but I we noticed are right now. So <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. One yeah. thing I noticed when I left away, when I walked away from my profession. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no one who is in my profession asked me why it was, they mm. found out that I left and then I was a bad person. So mm. did you ever have, whether from the start of 2020, like when you left that summer to now, have you ever had a, and I'm going to pick on the liberals here for a second. Have you ever had a liberal or a Democrat or whatever ask you, like, can you explain to me why did you leave? Like, have you been able to have that conversation with anyone?
1: No. No yeah, I been- no, and I, I i I'm not gonna say that it's I have my own views about not every Democrat, not every liberal. I do think the radical left today is is a bit cult like. um, and I'm not there are bad people I, on both sides. There's extremism mm-hmm. on both sides. yep, but I have seen a rhetoric and a um a, a cult like mentality and language on the radical left. That I think is much, much smaller faction on the right. That's just my point of view. And I think the right, right and left has sort of lost all meaning because right now, um, Republican, libertarian, even centrist, I feel as though it's an umbrella ideology for people who are pushed out of the radical left, which is a lot of people. Cause if you disagree with one thing, like yes. in my case, I disagreed with COVID and I had some questions about the response to. You know, race relations in this nation. Um, cause I have an experience that doesn't match white privilege in my view. I have my parents have an experience that doesn't match white privilege. So I had some questions about that and some questions about COVID and I was out, you know, and I aligned with everything else. I voted with everything else at the beginning of 2020. I had my pronouns in my bio, you know, so, but if you have one thing, it's out. So I'm not saying that it's exclusive to liberals, but it does seem to be a type of cult. And I do, I will say though, to be fair, I've never really had a, I haven't had this conversation in person, you know, so I've never been asked in person. So I don't know if, if someone in good faith, you know, who maybe disagrees with me would say, okay, why did you leave? I think again, online, uh, social media festers this like mob like mentality. And so agreed. Yeah, I don't think a liberal is going to be in my comment section saying, okay, well, why don't you, it's, it's, again, it's this mentality of like, let's own each other and let's be anonymous online very often and and hurt each other. So I, I've never had the conversation in person, but no, no one's ever asked me. And I've, I have a lot of people who seem to think that I woke up one morning and decided to go crazy or decided to become racist or something like this, which is a very odd to me assumption. Because if you knew me before and you liked me, um, probably the more likely assumption is that I do have honest reasons for disagreeing you, with you as opposed to I was on a forum somewhere and got radicalized on, you know, like people have different experiences and 2020 was a hell of a, a year. And so if you can't figure out that maybe some people genuinely have different experiences and, and people do change uh, their beliefs. Then I, I don't know, that's uh, hard for me to wrap my head around.
0: And while the circumstances are becoming fewer and fewer in my opinion that the left recognizes they do recognize that certain people have different experiences and those experiences are okay so Mm. if a female thinks she's a male that experience is okay yes but if a teenage girl and maybe i even seen this from your video goes into a doctor and says, you know, my my breasts aren't big enough. Can I please have an estrogen? They're going to say no. But if a boy goes in and wants to be a girl, that part's okay. And that's gender affirming. So exactly. there are certain situations where you can have a different viewpoint than quote unquote mainstream society. And that's acceptable. Right. But to your point, if you disagree with one of their beliefs, you're a bad person and Mm -hmm. i actually have seen this on the right that if you don't agree with all of these things Mm -hmm. you're you're, you are a bad person and regardless of whether it's left right center Mm -hmm. rainbow like pick a thing right Mm -hmm. it's a cult if you can't disagree
1: that's true yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm.
0: regardless of what side you're on Mm -hmm. if you can't disagree and that includes religion if you can't disagree Mm -hmm. it's a cult mm-hmm and
1: that's a good point yeah
0: and i feel like that's a really easy definition then then you're not picking on a party you're not picking on a religion and i encourage people to look at that like are there groups that you're a part of that if you question you're going to be kicked out yeah and and if you are you're probably in a cult
1: yes that i would agree with that i would um I think this is a a much uh deeper conversation and and perhaps i'm not uh I'm not wise enough to have it. One thing that I would push back on and and maybe it can take us to an interesting place I don't know, yeah, is I do believe, and I think this is part of the problem um I do believe that there is such a thing as objective truth, and I'm not saying you don't um so at the end of the day, I think we should absolutely be able to question everything, and in fact, if you're not questioning your own religion. I don't know how deep your faith is, you know, and that's not for me to say what's in your heart, but, but if it is that sort of this blind belief that you've never questioned, um, and I say this as someone who, you know, did leave the church for a long time and now has come back same. then. Okay. So yeah, I don't know how much you're, you're really struggling with your faith because there are questions obviously, and I don't have the answers and Uh, you know, I personally am a Christian and the Bible says a lot of things and I can't really explain all of it. So how much are you struggling if you don't have questions, but I do believe everyone should be able to question, but I do also believe in, in objective truth. So just because we accept different beliefs, just because we are allowed to question doesn't mean that everybody is right Correct.
0: all the time.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know,
0: boys are boys. If you're XY, <laughs> if you're a girl if you have 2X chromosomes, like mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else. I understand yes. there's rare instances like Turner syndrome, like don't come at me yes. for that. But mm-hmm. it, for the majority of the time, I be- they're absolutely objective 100% like non-negotiables. I agree with that yes. statement.
1: And we've lost sight of that in in our culture. You know, whether this has to do for me, I think it's because we have turned away from God. Um, but whether it has to do with religion or not, we have lost sight of, okay, it's not just your truth and my truth and your lived experience and your lived experience trumps my lived experience because you're a different skin color. And so you're more impressed. There is objective truth because if we live in this reality where it's all subjective and it's all just about, well, who is the, who has the greater access to truth in the end, it's really just who has the most power. And they have right. the monopoly, and, you know, that is obviously uh, a very slippery slope and opens the door to all the types of uh, human rights violations. Because what, what you're saying essentially is that if you have power, then you have truth. And that, that is not true. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. not and true. Truth and true. if everything is
1: true, then nothing is true. Right. Yes. Just like if everything is racist, then nothing, nothing is, is racist. racist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh-huh.
0: The way we have, in some cases, literally changed the definition in a dictionary of words Mm -hmm. um, has been mind-blowing. I remember seeing the definition of a vaccination change. And, like, actually, people going, uh, you know, on this date, the Merriam-Webster dictionary said this was the definition of a vaccination. And on the next day, now the Merriam-Webster definition of a vaccination says this. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't just the word vaccination. It was like other things like that. And I'm like, we're literally redefining what our words mean. But then also people can't agree with what the words mean. So do the words mean anything?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 chaos, you know, it, it is chaos in so many ways. I think I remember there's, there's always so much to keep track of. But at the time I was very, when I first started speaking, I was very into the vaccine and specifically the fight over that because it was 2021 spring 2021 that I first started a YouTube channel or something um and I think I remember what you're talking about them changing the definition and and even even we rewrite history like as it's occurring you know first it was well, you can take off your mask if you've been vaccinated. And then that went away really quickly. And then it was, well, we never said this would stop transmission. It's very, it is, it's such a tired comparison now, but it is Orwellian. It's like, it is. no, we have the receipts though, that this is not what was originally said. It was said that you could take off your mask if you were vaccinated. Then you backtracked on that. Then you blamed the unvaccinated. And it's like, well, this doesn't even stop transmission at all, which I thought was what a vaccine was supposed to do. so
0: oh that is a whole rabbit hole I don't know you, that's a whole rabbit so. hole because <laughs> I used to think that too
1: yeah Oh yeah that's a whole rabbit yeah. hole
0: Th- Then I listened conversation. to your
1: well yes but I listened to your story and and I'm the same as you I was not and I know that I think you had this sort of awakening prior to 2020 right Is am I right about that
0: so I was about cons- pharma no I was consistently oh. right-leaning but thought the FDA, CDC, all of those uh-huh. were infallible, like they were good, that why yeah. would they lie? And I started waking up in 2020 because oh. I knew how masks were supposed to work <laughs> and the re- and the recommendations were not making sense. And I was like, wait a minute. Wow. Like I've literally worked with bioweapons. This is not making sense. This is not what I was taught. And then um, I left altogether April 7th, 2021.
1: Wow! Wow, that's amazing. I mean, and it's so it, it it means so much to me to hear like someone who's more knowledgeable than me. Because <laughs> I just intuitively was like, okay, this doesn't seem right that we have to wear a mask outside when I'm not around anybody.
0: But see um, that right there, that comment bothers me because just because I have two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, that does not mean <laughs> that you are incapable, Natalie. I of appreciate that reading something and going hey this doesn't make sense or yeah. reading the side of a mask box that says this yeah. is not approved right. to stop transmission like You're right the letters after my my name don't mean anything although society thinks it does right and and well, so, only
1: sometimes, too, though, right. again, back to our point, because there were doctors from goodness, ha- Oxford and Stanford and yes. Harvard who were malign. And it's like, okay, so their degree, what? It costs less. It, it took less time or something just because you don't agree with them, you know? So, but you're right. You bring up a good point about this like expert class and trust the experts. And it's a good way to get everyone to fall in line over anything, really. Yeah. I
0: remember being at doctors and arguing with doctors and, um, they would back down when they're like, well, what do you mean? And I would state my degrees and all of a sudden they'd back down and whatnot. But my husband, if he went in and said the exact same things I did, but he doesn't have the letters after his name, he'd be all, you're, you're," he just poo pooed away. You know, you you don't know anything. You're, you're just a conspiracy
1: theorist. Yeah. That's crazy. But I know that it's, I know it's true. I, yeah. And it's, it's really unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but now I don't remember how we got off onto that, but I, I, it does, it brings me a lot of affirmation to hear you say that though.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I know one of the things that you had mentioned was the account, just the inserts and I plug her periodically yes. because mm-hmm. that was part of my awakening is reading through this account and, um, not affiliated with her in any way. Don't even know her name. However, I do know now she just released a free course and that teaches you how to read an insert, whether it be a vaccine insert or any type of other pharmaceutical. Oh, wow. And I haven't gone through it yet, but I've heard great things about it. So if you're like, hey, that's I awesome. wanna understand, I will also link that in the bio because I feel like that's a really great way to empower people. Yeah. And then it's yeah. not you saying it, me saying it, a doctor saying it. It's you going and reading for yourself. And it doesn't matter if you have letters after your name.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I'll look into that. And now I remember how we got off on that, you know, because I I am not, uh, I was never anti vaccine before and I yep. don't really know what I am now, to be honest, but I will say that I'll never hear the word again and not think of this. And I was someone who did trust doctors as well prior to this. And I don't anymore. And I don't see that. Not every doctor, obviously, but I don't see that going away. And I take no, I take no responsibility for that. Honestly, like they, they did this and I'm not going to, you know, off into the woods and not get the medical treatment I need, hopefully. But uh, there is just such a profound mistrust now. And I think that they have made people, I hate the term anti-vaxxer, but I think if anything, you've created more of them because now we see that you have pushed this thing. I mean, you know, I I wasn't able to work because of it. And right. I, I had so many genuine reasons and also it shouldn't necessarily matter really I don't think I'm told to mind my own business all the time online so you mind your own business about why I don't want this and and I don't know I just I hope people don't forget this too because it seems like we went crazy and now we've gone crazy about other things and we've forgotten the craziness that happened and I personally I don't want to become bitter over it, but I will, as long as I live, never forget the fact that we tried to bring back legalized segregation, you know, not on the yeah. basis of gender, which restroom to use, but over who was vaccinated and who wasn't vaccinated. And I, we talk so much about things that happened in the past and, and different uh, injustices that happened and no longer happening. I hope we don't forget what happened in our lifetime Um, because it can easily happen again. And I'm, as long as I live, I'm going to keep talking about it and hope people don't forget it because I would have never thought that it could happen in the United States. And it it blows my mind when I think about it.
0: Well, and what I find interesting is if you go through a severely traumatic event, and I think one could argue the world went through a severely collective traumatic event Mm -hmm. with COVID. What can happen when you go through a traumatic event, when you get on the other side is you tend to forget the really bad parts. And so... I think that's what's happening right now is a lot of people are forgetting the really bad parts because it's hard to recognize one, that you were wrong in that point Mm -hmm. and eating humble pie. And people don't want to do that. And two, for some people, those are associated with really bad memories. Maybe there was a death. Maybe there was a job loss. Maybe they Mm -hmm. had a vaccine reaction. Like, I don't know, but people want to forget that part and they just want to quote, unquote, go back to normal. But I feel like also your comment of the anti-vaxxer, this word magic kind of happened across the right uh, wing platform, which Mm -hmm. I found really interesting. So people were like, oh, you shouldn't get the COVID vaccine because it's not really a vaccine. It's new mRNA technology. Well, Mm -hmm. what they didn't realize, or maybe they did, I don't know, but what they didn't realize what they were doing when they said they separated the new COVID vaccine from every other vaccine yeah, is they were implying that only the COVID vaccine and every other vaccine was bad, or uh, sorry, the COVID vaccine was bad and every other vaccine was good.
1: Mm. Yeah. When
0: in reality, in my opinion, if you look at all of them, all vaccines have inherent risk and the risk does yeah. not outweigh the benefit mm. and vaccines can actually cause more harm, all of them but by mm. using this word magic of, well, this the COVID vaccine is separate. It's not really a vaccine. And going along yeah. with that rhetoric honestly pushed the left's platform that the all the other childhood vaccines are good. And yeah, I don't think the right realized what they were doing. But in my opinion, they were playing into what the left wanted because yeah. now the childhood vaccine schedule stuff is being added to it and not just the COVID vaccine but now no one's pushing, not no one,
1: a lot of people aren't
0: pushing back against that because they were so focused on the COVID vaccine. Like it was look at my right hand. So you don't notice what my left hand is doing.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, But isn't it also kind of interesting that I thought, you know, in my mind, the the women who were allegedly anti-vaxxers were these, you know, prior to 2020, uh, these California, like hippie moms, It, it sort of, it seems to me it switched somehow, like so many things about left and right, where at one point, the left was anti big corporation, anti pharmaceuticals, it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Mm. And, and I would think that, you know, very often, it's a it's a celebrity type thing. You know, we all know about Jenny McCarthy, all of that, I would think that she's probably it seemed to me that it was more of a liberal thing at one time to be like, I want to have a choice about what my kids take. Um, So it's an interesting reversal that happened there somehow, or maybe we're all just lost.
0: (laughs) Listen, I think what happened is they tried to keep the labels of left and right, but then kind of mixed up what all the Mm -hmm. different quote unquote values were while maintaining these labels. And now everyone's like, like you, if you walk away from the walk away, quote unquote, from the Democratic Party, Mm -hmm. did you really walk away or did their values just change?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I hear a lot of people say, um, and this is what I felt at the beginning. Now I don't feel it anymore, because I, I really do genuinely, I went on a search and I realized I agree with the conservative position on most issues. To me, it's the common sense one. But for a time... I identified as politically homeless. And I hear it often. I think Elon Musk made mention of it. And a lot of people have prior to him of, well, they left me. I, I didn't leave them. You know, it's the yes. sense of you've gotten so out of left field, no pun intended, like so radical that I can't really align with that anymore. And that goes back to my earlier point of, I do think that uh, Republican libertarians, even maybe centrists, it's like this, Not, there's a lot of people to your point that, okay, you have to agree with everything or you're not a Christian, you're not a conservative, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. But overall, I think we're a bigger faction, a bigger umbrella that, that could stand together to defeat what in my mind is the radical left because they push, they push people out. They, and they, they, they leave them, you know, they, they push so far for progress that it's, it's insanity and it's like regress now that we've made so much progress, we're regressing back to segregation, you know, to an earlier yeah. point. So, um, but also I think you said something about uh people don't, they just want to forget the trauma and um mm-hmm. go back to normal. I think it's also really scary to not just admit that you were wrong, but I think in this particular instance with COVID, I almost think a virus, um, Obviously, it depends on the mortality rate. COVID didn't have the one that we were told initially. And thank God for that again. Mm -hmm. But I think a virus in some ways is less scary than accepting the idea that the people who are allegedly looking out for us aren't. And that maybe they even knew at the time, I think that they did what they were doing and knew that they weren't telling the truth. I think that is in a lot of ways a lot scarier than a virus. And I say that with the full understanding that there are, you know, much worse viruses out there that I hope, you know, never become a pandemic ever. Uh, But that is really a hard pill to swallow. And that has a lot of implications well beyond COVID. And so I think maybe people, that's why so many people are mired in this, well, let's just move on. Because I'm surprised that more people didn't kind of be clued into well this is weird (laughs) you know this doesn't seem right but I think that it's hard to accept people are lying to you at the top
0: I feel like it's similar to the way maybe a kid finds out about Santa Claus (laughs) if like to bring it to a very basic level if you genuinely as a kid thought there was Santa Claus and then Maybe you're even older than you should be. Maybe you're like 10. And all of a sudden you Mm -hmm. realize that for the past 10 years, your parents have been lying to you and you have a younger sibling and they're Mm -hmm. still lying to the younger sibling. That for some kids could be really hard to swallow. Like these people who love me have been lying to me the whole time. It was with quote unquote good intentions, which is also what we were told, right? Mm -hmm. It's with good intentions. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to protect you. You don't have the capacity to understand the science. So we're just going to water it down for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to everything. It is hard to accept, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to change your mind. It's hard to accept you've been lied to. It's hard to have your world kind of crumble, which is what I feel I experienced. And probably a lot of us did, whether or not they had a journey similar to mine. And that's sort of the feeling of finding out there's no Santa Claus. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, And much later in life. I mean, comparatively, I didn't believe in Santa Claus, but I am older than, most people might think you might be when you have this kind of radical shift. I I don't think there's an age limit on it, but I changed a lot uh, relatively later in life. And I think that's why it's easy to write me off as, well, she went she went crazy, obviously. She, she's had she a midlife crazy.
0: crisis. It's fine.
1: It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope it's not midlife yet, but it could be, you know. But,
0: so. but I can see, I've seen some people say a midlife crisis at 25. So that's why I, mean, I, oh I worded gosh, it that that's, way. That's... That like, is I'm like
1: pessimistic. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't think it's
0: a midlife crisis, but okay, 25, sure. And so that's I've why been I said that. i a late
1: that. bloomer, so I'm late <laughs> on my...
0: <laughs> but I feel like people, like you said, try and maybe make an excuse of, oh, well, she's the outlier. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really don't think you are. I think you're just more vocal than most mm-hmm. people who maybe have had this shift. And so yeah. you're really easy to pick on. Yeah. Because a lot of people who change their mind aren't going to have a YouTube channel or a podcast and go, Yeah, I used mm-hmm. to think this way and I changed, and here's all the reasons why, and you're still going at it. Like most yeah. people don't have the gumption to do that.
1: Yeah. And I know I, everyone's also in a different place. I mean, I don't assume everyone wants a YouTube channel. Some people actually want to work for a living, <laughs> <laughs> which is, to be fair, what I do. I, I work with uh, young adults who have autism. So I don't, I don't make any money off of my social media, but I also understand that, um, you know, everyone's in a different position. So I do think it's really, really important to speak up. I think that looks different for everyone. It doesn't necessarily mean getting online, Yeah. but there was sort of this idea during the pandemic of, oh, I've got kids and I can't really lose my job. So I'm going to, you know, get the vaccine or whatever it is. And while I understand that, maybe I don't fully understand it because I don't have kids. Um, but I, I just wonder, you know, what are we preserving for our children and the children are not all of ours. They belong, you know, that your parents are responsible for your yes, children, but yes. the future is all of ours. And I hope to have kids someday, but whether or not I do, I want to preserve truth for children. And so I do think it's very important to, you know, to speak out. And I, that doesn't necessarily look like, well, here's my, you know, Instagram, whatever. But it's important to speak out. Um, and I, I also understand people criticize because it's it's easy nowadays. It's easy to mistrust. It's easy to think, well, she wants fame and attention and that kind of thing. And I used to be an actor, so I think that that makes it easy to dismiss too. But I really just, I have this feeling that I was lied to for a very, very long time. Um, on my worst days, I have a feeling of I wasted a lot of time which can be especially hard as a woman, I think, because we have a different biological clock. I mean, the, it's, yeah. it's real for us in a way that men, it's not, you know, um, yep. and not that a man can't feel that he, that he's wasted time, but uh, we have a cutoff point and I feel like I wasted a lot of time when I, when I, like I said, have my worst days and I don't want I don't want that to happen to other people and in the end of the day i don't know how many minds i'm changing you know i don't i think that social media is not set up in a way to really change minds but i still have a sense that it's important to preserve truth for when people maybe do um wake up for lack of a better phrase i kind of have an idea that people need to suffer before they (laughs) before they wake up which is sad i had to suffer you know i had to really feel the impact of Okay. Well, the way we vote matters. The way we vote, certainly, especially in local and state elections, really, really matters. You know, people in Texas had like a whole different life than I did in Los Angeles. You know, um, even though we're both in the United States, that it was a different level of freedom for two years. And I know some people might think that that's dramatic, but in my view, it's not. I mean, well into 2021, I stopped wearing a mask indoors. And so the slightest, because it just, it didn't make sense to me anymore, even though I complied Mm -hmm. for so long. And so the slightest errand became like this, you know, this, yes, steal myself. People are saying things to me and I am such a rule follower. I really am. I like loved all the rules. I never got a detention. And this is not something that brings me joy to be like, look at me, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's over now. I say that in quotes for, cause no one can see us, but I, like I said, it could happen. It could happen again. And I don't think I'm being dramatic. (laughs) Like that is, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I saw a lot of, a lot of hate. And I ended up, like I said, like we've already established, we were right about a lot of this. It was unnecessary hate. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I do think it's important. I do think, like I said, people kind of need to suffer before they wake up, but it's important to preserve the truth for, for when they do sort of wake up i think speaking common sense and logic which is what i try to do um you know and i'm not i'm not doing it for fame or anything i just i really i really wish again i don't have a better phrase than waking up but i wish i would have woken up sooner i really really do um to a lot of things uh, specifically you know the lies of feminism that i think women are sold in our culture Um, I don't, I mean, it's not serving us well. And now, you know, this is getting off on another tangent, but we're not happy. No. I mean, clearly we're not happy and we have more rights, especially as women than our mothers, obviously more than our grandmothers, anyone before then. And we're not happy, you know? So that's why I do what I do is, is like, I'm not the first person to say this stuff. I'm not the wisest person to say this stuff, but in my view, going back to objective truth is the truth. There's a better way to live. And I would give almost anything I believe in divine timing, I believe in you know i it's not too late till it's too late, but I would give almost anything to have woken up sooner um so yeah,
0: <laughs> i I don't disagree with anything that you said um yeah you know I for me, I look back and I'm like, had I not if I'd woken up sooner, like would I have these would I have these degrees like I wouldn't have have all this student loan debt um mm. Yeah, But in this really weird way, having these degrees, even though I think they're totally meaningless now, in society's view, gives me this expert, in some cases, like, viewpoint. And yeah. so I have this quote-unquote authority. And it's weird when I have to use it. Like, Mm -hmm. and I have to like use it in a doctor's office to be like, no, like I'm not just some crazy conspiracy theorist. Like I've actually done my research and here I have Mm -hmm. letters after my name. And then, and then they take me seriously. And I'm like, did I spend $200,000 for a doctor to take me seriously? Like that's (laughs) messed up. That's messed up. You're,
1: you're right. But I do think you, I mean, to your point, I do think. You know, I have a useless degree. I have a degree in theater. I have a BFA. Um, but I, I kind of also think, you know, well, that knowledge never goes to waste. Exactly. And I may never act. I, I do it sometimes still, but I may never really act again for money or anything. But I learned things about how to communicate and how to present myself. And so. I, that, you know, it's not a waste, but if I knew then what I know now, would I do it over again? I don't think so. So, but that's life, you know, that's yeah. life.
0: <laughs> and going back to your, um, how feminism hurts women. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Um, not that necessarily I was that, uh, typical quote unquote boss babe mentality, mm-hmm. but even in my first marriage, I was like, when I get pregnant, like, I don't want to work. Like, I want to stay home. And that was this mm-hmm. blasphemous idea. Like, what do you mean you have two degrees? What do you mean you want to stay home? Like, why yeah. would you do that? And I'd be yeah. like, but no, like, I don't, like, I don't want to go back to work. And I don't have any children of my own yet. Um, mm-hmm. But that's still the plan. But now I work part-time remotely. One, because I'm blacklisted from basically every Company that I could get a job with my degrees at. Wow. But I can't wait for the day that I'm barefoot and pregnant in a kitchen making sourdough bread. <laughs> and like that, That's pe- how I feel. people would be like, you what? And I'm like, yeah, like that sounds great to me. Like yeah. I'm looking forward to that day and I'm yeah. not oppressed. Like my husband respects my opinions, but like also I see my husband as the head of my household. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, after a thorough discussion if we really disagree as long as that decision is not harming me in some way i'm going to yes. follow what he says yes and people hear that and they're like freak out right
1: <laughs> i mean i love that and i couldn't i couldn't agree more you know but it goes back to that idea of like objective truth is objective truth and i i don't uh, I don't want to regress back to that's only what women can do. But women are called to do a certain thing. I believe every woman is called to be a mother. I I don't think that necessarily means biological. Obviously, it it doesn't. You know, not everyone has the capability. But we all have a mother inside us. And now it's like you're supposed to deny that. Yeah. And what I found very often, and and this is not a, a... political thing this is not a democrat republican thing Mm -hmm. but what i found and the reason i became more conservative was that in my view a lot of these democrat positions they end up harming the very people that they claim to want to help so it's like we push for this kind of progress so much and then women are harmed by it you know and women are the first casualties of of the lies in our culture i think in so many ways women and girls you know going back to the trans issue it's mostly young girls who think they're trans right now. It's the numbers across the Western world has exploded by like 4,000% in a matter of years. That's clearly not all gender dysphoria. A lot of that is social contagion. And so women are, we're more agreeable in a lot of ways, which makes us sometimes more easily manipulated. And I think that we are the first casualties of the lies in this culture. And, And so often I think this democrat ideal of progress ends up harming the very people that it claims to want to help I think that includes women it includes minorities you know migrants at the border it's all that it's this idea of compassion above all else and then it's actually wait that's not it's not helpful to have you know an open border people end up getting hurt there a lot of human rights violations you know happen so that is I think the feminism is really, I think it started maybe as a, I think there's some dark, <laughs> dark uh, roots to feminism too, but I don't know enough about it, but I think it started as a honorable ideal. And now we have gone so far from first and second wave feminism. Like it's not even funny and women aren't happy. Women aren't happy. And I still think there's a basic truth to most women probably want what you just described, but in a lot of ways we're think that we can't have it or it's too late for us or we're not supposed to want it. And yeah, we're scared to trust men. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, men not being men as much nowadays and women not being women as much. No one even really knows what a woman is, you know? So I'm not saying it's all on women for, you know, we're the problem we're denying what's true. Uh, yeah. And, but that's, That's the truth that the norm is is a woman wanting that. And we can have the outliers too, but I don't know that we have to normalize it or celebrate it to the point of forgetting norm because we have a right to norms. And I think the norm throughout history has been, yes, there's been oppression of women, obviously. Yes, a lot Mm -hmm. of tragedies, but there's still a truth to not all of this is socially constructed. You know, men and women are different and we want different things. And that's always going to come back around but we're just going to be really harming ourselves in the process because it seems like we really want to hurt ourselves before we get back to some truths. I was saying this yesterday to someone. It feels like we've, we've tossed out everything from our ancestors and the people who came before us, which is a little arrogant. You know, I think they yeah. got some stuff right. Like, thank God, you know, uh, people don't have to go sit in the back of the bus anymore. But also, did they not get anything right at all prior to what 20? 2015 right. it was just all garbage I doubt that you know <laughs> so
0: well and going back to your um comment of like second and third wave feminism mm-hmm. I had listened to a podcast recently and the podcast was on it was called the renaissance of men
1: and I, love I looked that this podcast. up
0: it's and he great. did an episode with feminine not feminist on May yes. 2nd 2023 <laughs> and in the opening of the his episode he talks about what he believes as the origins of feminism. Mm. And I cried when he told this story and I will attempt to paraphrase it. However, please understand. I will in no way do it justice. Like I will link the episode. Like you have to go listen to it. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how he was at this dinner and I think it was in New Zealand. And um, a woman was sharing how she was so proud of her mother because um, she was like a Rosie the Riveter type thing. And like how proud of the independence that her her mother had. Mm -hmm. And he became inwardly angry. And he said, you don't understand. He goes, during World War II, men were shipped off to fight. And some of them were very young, like 17, 18 years old, all the way up to, you know, men in their mid 40s. And World War II, regardless of the side that you were on, decimated the males of that population or mm-hmm. during that time. Like, m- mass casualties on both sides of the war. And so men were shipped off to fight under the guise. They were protecting their women. They were protecting the children. Yeah. And the women had to step up, right? There was bullets that need to be made in armor. Or not armor. Like, bullets in um, tanks. And they had to go into the factories. Mm-hmm. They had to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, when the men came back, they had ptsd but that then it was called shell shock and i'm gonna like cry like thinking about this like they came back broken physically mentally from being in theater from seeing their uh brothers shot and killed and like dying in their arms and bleeding out and they came back to the women they thought they were protecting and loved and the women went we don't need you we can do everything Mm -hmm. ourselves now we have we can work we don't need you and the men being so beaten down by war and dying and watching people die and counting bullets in case they needed to kill themselves instead of being captured as a POW didn't mm. have the fight in them to push back against these women who claimed this utter independence and claimed that mm. they didn't need men. Like how yeah. arrogant of us, how yeah. arrogant of us to tell these men and not us. Like we weren't, you and I weren't alive during world war two. Well, like our grandmothers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then how has that been perpetuated? And the yeah. way he tells that this story, like, gave me chills and like deeply upset me.
1: And well, you just gave me chills retelling it. <laughs> so, um, like that
0: concept, like blew yeah, blew me away. Like, what right. what have we done?
1: Yes, and I mean, I think that goes back to there are, you know, two sides to everything. And, and we've been told one side and even like today, there's one way to think. And, uh, we've been told one side of, well, thank goodness for Rosie the Riveter and women, you know, that reminds me, I think that story, maybe, you know, about Alison Armstrong and the Queens code. Okay. You know, I haven't read it yet, (laughs) but I want to,
0: it's on my to-do list.
1: I mean, if anyone listening is, is interested in, in what we're talking about, hopefully they are. If they've listened this yes. far, that's a great. She's, she's wonderful. She's been on his podcast, I think mm-hmm. a couple of times and it's a great, it sounds, the title is kind of easy to dismiss, but it's a really, she's great. I've taken some of her courses and that book is wonderful. There's another one, Keys to the Kingdom. Um, and it's just about, I, I, I love Will's mission because I really think and I talk about this sometimes and, and it's funny because men will get upset at me when I, whenever I say anything to men in a very polite, respectful way. And then women get upset when I say anything about women. Um, and there's, it's just abundantly clear to me that there's so much hurt. There's so much pain in everything. Obviously there's so much pain among different skin colors. But there's so much pain between the two genders and everybody has. A legitimate reason to be hurt. Everyone has a legitimate reason yes. to really despise men or despise women, depending on, you know, especially yeah. straight people, um, because we've been profoundly hurt by the opposite sex, but it's not going, I think he calls it the great reconciliation, yes. you know, between yes. men and women. I think that's so, so, so important. And it's not going to get any better if it's, well, women nowadays are all this way and men nowadays are all this way. And the truth is yeah, women are, are feminists today and, and I, I think it's toxic feminists. Um, but so is everyone. Like we were all raised under the guise of, under the influences of feminism and yes. really toxic third and four. At this point, we were all raised under third and fourth wave feminism for the most part. So I don't, you know, men didn't escape it either. And there's no. so much work to be done. And like he goes back to these objective truths of the way men and women for the most part, really should engage with each other and that produces the most effective results. And I really do, I believe that strong families, you know, I hope to have a family too, but whether or not that ever plays out or whether someone doesn't want it, whatever, it's too late, this or that, strong families are foundational to freedom, you know? And so this is everyone's fight. And I I feel so strongly about this because people tell me all the time, oh, feminism is women's problem. They're reaping what they sowed, et cetera. No, it's everyone's problem. Um, If you have any women you care about at all, any children you care about, whether they're your own or not, like it is your problem. It's my problem. And we are, we have lost the plot. Like the battle of the sexes has been going on for way too long. And now we're just confused about everything. We hate each other and it's it's not doing us any favors at all.
0: It's not, it's not. Mm -mm. And I've only recently found his podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. and just some like great episodes and I can say maybe prior to 2020, my mind, I would not have been as willing to listen to alternative perspectives, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe, maybe sometimes if they mostly agreed with me, but there'd be this, uh, sense of judgment when I listened. And Mm -hmm. now I genuinely want to hear the alternative perspectives. Even if I don't agree, Mm -hmm. then maybe I can understand where you're coming from. And not that, like I told you, I don't think there's been one video that I've watched that I haven't disagreed with you on. And there hasn't been one thing from, you know, Will's podcast or um, Annalise's podcast, Feminine, Not Feminist, Mm -hmm. that I've disagreed on. However, the fact that I can go in with an open mind. And in fact, my mind has been changed on things I didn't know should be changed on because they speak from a biblical perspective. Yes. And that has been even my husband has noticed a change in me. And he's like, you're not, he's like, you're not being yourself. I was like, cause I can be very sharp tongued. And I'd Mm -hmm. be like, I want to say this. I'm trying to hold my tongue. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. I get, he's like, okay, like you're like, I'm working on myself. And he sees that and he's working on himself. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And it's, it's like a, you know, I'm not, I'm not married, but it's, I imagine, you know, you lifting yourself up lifts him, you know, you changing your behavior, then he wants to change because really women bring out the masculinity in men and and vice versa. And we have lost that. And, you know, Alison Armstrong, I, she calls that emasculating men and you're far from, I mean, she thinks that we do it in ways that we don't even realize, you know, yeah. even just, um. Ignoring, I mean, this is going to upset some people and obviously you need to be discerning and and be safe, but even just ignoring a man who is looking at you in public, you know, who is uh, clearly admiring your, your beauty or the way that you look, um, even that is emasculating, you know, just looking the other way or whatever, rolling your eyes, this and that. And again, I'm not telling women to get themselves into uncomfortable situations, but women don't realize the way in which we continually emasculate men over and over and over again. But then at the same time, they're supposed to be strong and, and never cry and this and that. And so it's, it's really a big burden that we put on to, to men nowadays. Yeah.
0: But in some ways I think. Cause your comment of it's mainly young girls who want, who think they're boys. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's because. Even though we say, you know, about toxic masculinity and, you know, Mm -hmm. men are bad, in some ways we still revere men as being in the highest positions. And so Mm -hmm. is that why girls are striving for this? And also we talk Mm -hmm. about men and women are equal, but we're not meant to be equal in the way that people think we're meant to be equal, right? Exactly. And... Is that why these girls want to become boys? And also, I think it's a whole trend-setting social contagion thing like you mentioned. But if men were truly able to be men, and I'm not saying that means they get to be assholes and abusive. That's not Mm -hmm. what I'm saying at all. And I don't think that's what you're saying.
1: No.
0: But when men are able to truly be men, then women are able to truly be women. Mm -hmm. And there's this cooperation that that's where equality happens. Yes. Not this um it, there's a hierarchy, like there's meant to be a hierarchy. there's a hierarchy in the Bible, like and absolutely, when you, and when you question that, like that I think has caused a lot of problems
1: for mm-hmm.
0: not just the, the u s but a lot of the world.
1: I agree, I was certainly the Western world, and uh you know, and and I understand. You know there are women in the world right now who have you know no rights whatsoever. So again, I, not, none of us are arguing for regressing, but no. in my view, for decades and decades and decades now, we're not really striving for equality. I mean, women are trying to be men, you know, and yes. we're never going to be men. We're going to be second rate men, which is what we are right now. Yeah. It's it's and it is this idea, and it goes back to biblical. You know, whatever your view of the Adam and Eve story is, it it is uh in my, I'm not a theologian, but in my view, it's, it's a passive man and a woman who wants to be like God. Yeah. And, uh, that's where we are today. It's, it's this idea that women have and possibly it's justified or possibly it's not that there is something better out there that God or man is withholding something from us. And there's this secret that uh, frontier that we haven't conquered because they're holding it from us. And, um, you know, it seems to me like we've conquered all the frontiers as women. And again, we are not happy. Um, and I think that for a long time now, we've been denying what it is to be a woman uh, you know, we don't have to get into it. I know we're probably coming up on, on time or whatever, but abortion, again, whatever your view on it is a big denial of what it is to be a woman. It's just this continuous, and we call it liberation. We call it pro-woman, but really you're trying to be like a man. You want to be in every room he's in. You want to be doing everything he's doing. You want to deny your biology, control your biology, manipulate your biology so that you can work the exact same job, work the exact same hours, work consistently throughout the year. You know, Know, women even down to we want to work out like men and we don't have any understanding of our own cycle yeah we, we want to be like men and just pretend like we have we're, we're men in these exact same <laughs> men's bodies but they're just tinier and you know it's 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 absurd and it it, it is not pro woman again it goes yeah. back to this idea of everything that we we are told is helpful uh quote unquote is actually harmful uh to the very people that it claims to help. And I see that time and time again.
0: I watched one of your videos and I had to watch it three times because it made me so excited. Um, You were talking (laughs) about abortion and Mm -hmm. you were explaining your viewpoints on um, why you thought abortion was bad. And at the, towards the end of this video, you used the term sexual narcissism and I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh. And I got so excited because the way you had articulated it, I had Mm -hmm. never considered It to be in that, uh, Mm -hmm. in that way of women can just do whatever and with our bodies and Mm -hmm. um, how that's okay. And I like, I like even my husband watched it and I was like, I'm so excited to do like, and he's just like, you're really, he's like, I can see why he's like, but you're (laughs) like more excited to interview her than I've seen you in a long time.
1: Sweet. Thank you. It's funny you mentioned that phrase because I thought about, should I say, I'm so hyper aware of what I say on Instagram and I think I'm about to be booted off at any moment that I even think of, <laughs> am, should I say sexual? Is sexual too bad? I almost said degenerate narcissism. To be honest, I filmed the video like several times before I'm pleased with it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I kept that in there. I don't remember where I first heard that phrase, but it it struck with me too. It it really is. And it's certainly not something that only women do. No. It's this idea of sex is divorced from... um, And it's, it's so funny. These people who... Have these ideas about people who are anti-abortion. It's like they, they, we want to punish you for sex, whatever. It's not, it's not that at all. I mean, a baby is wonderful. It's, it's new life. It's not a punishment, but sex is not just for pleasure. It is not only for procreation. Obviously women have, you know, we have nerves that are designed just for pleasure. You know, God gave us that part of our body, but it's not, you can't divorce it from its natural results, you know, and that's what we're trying to do. And that is narcissism. It's just what I want, when I want it, how I want it, not bearing the consequences. And again, I don't think men should be doing that either. I don't, I don't think that that is certainly not what Christian men are called to do. I don't think it's uh, masculine in the true sense of the word to be wasting your time, your energy, or your resources on women who aren't your wife or aren't your future wife or have no possibility of being your wife. I think that's a not a good road to go down for a young man who is building up his, his resources and his future. Cause you can spend a uh, waste a lot of time on women, but women have a different biology. And I bought into this, you know, lie and, uh, you know, it hurt me. And I think it ends up hurting a lot of women, and of course, there are the outliers. People always want to say well i I can do it and not get feelings or just whatever okay, that's fine i don't I don't necessarily believe you, but again, it also goes down to we don't have to normalize the outliers we We have the right to norms, we have the right to truth, and if it we should be honest with girls, we should be honest with boys too and if there are outliers, you know good for them, but let's be honest about what the truth is. Just like telling young girls, you know, maybe college isn't the best idea. I mean, please go to college if you really want to go to college and need to go to college and you can afford it. But is there something wrong with getting married? and having children and then doing your career later in life, you know, because you are different than a man, you have a different biology. Is that what every woman has to do? I clearly know. But it's like a crazy idea to say, oh, we would ever suggest different things to men and women when they're graduating high school. And you know, that's like crazy offensive. Well, I didn't make up the biology of men and women. It's just the reality. And we end up hurting a lot of, a lot of people by, by telling them these lies, like, yeah, women are going to become if we have different responses to sex and and thank God for it. And it's totally natural. I mean, we can only have one man's child at a time. Of course, we we bond to him in a way and uh, be careful of who you're bonding to for goodness sake, you know, and it's it's it, again, it's we swing the pendulum so far. I'm glad that women can enjoy sex and we have pleasure and we recognize mm-hmm. pleasure, you know, and we're not genitally mutilating women and cutting off the things that give yeah. them pleasure. I mean, we are mutilating people now, but not for the purpose of having them not enjoy. But, you know, it's not just for pleasure. It's not just for pleasure. And we have, we, we think that we have all these rights, this right to just pleasurable. There's no human right to just have pleasurable sex and not have any consequence. I'm sorry. It's not a human right. And, and people think that's so offensive, but it's, it's just the reality. I mean, why don't we live within reality? And then how do we best live within reality? But it, it's instead we want to act like, well, some old white man somewhere said that women were going to be the ones to carry babies. Well, no, I, it's just, it's the way that it is. So let's live within the confines of reality and what is the best, most effective, most joyful, most fulfilling way to live in that. And it's not what we're doing right now.
0: No, it is. It is absolutely not what we're doing right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. in most cases, if you dared to say that, um, you would receive a lot of hate for that and it yeah. boggles it, it boggles my mind um that that
1: is offensive like you know everything's offensive oh fair fair <laughs> uh, everything's offensive. but yes Yeah. You know, people don't want to hear it. And, and, and you did bring up one really great, a lot of good points, but this is kind of backtracking, Mm -hmm. but I think it's such a good point about young girls, maybe idolizing men or not wanting to be, I mean, puberty is such a hard time anyway, who enjoyed puberty and felt comfortable and wanted to, you know, of course you feel lost during puberty. And that's why I think it's crazy that we're doing any kind of medical interventions prior to puberty or during puberty, but also, yes, I mean, in a way we're tearing down men in this culture, but we still think men are not oppressed in some way and women are. And I think also going back to the race thing, like if we're being honest, we hate white people in this culture and we tear it down. And so would that be an avenue for a young white boy or girl to be like, well, I'm, I'm trans or I'm non-binary or something, because it gives you these, obviously you can't become, well, you can't become the opposite gender either but you can't become black you know if you're white so it gives you this identity that is different than well i'm just a young you know straight white cisgender guy i you think that is a, a really important point you go mm-hmm. from
0: being oppressed to being special
1: yes yes you go,
0: exactly. and by this imaginary thing of you saying mm-hmm. now i believe this you go from being oppressed to being special yeah my, my my stepdaughter she goes to uh, an inner city magnet school in She's like one of maybe two or three white kids in her class. And during February, she actually came home and her teacher is black. And she said, I'm ashamed of being white. And her dad and I like Staring. infuriated and like tried to have this conversation with her. And she's like, I don't understand. And I can't make it un- her understand it because I think mm-hmm. it's asinine, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then recently, one of her friends, and I need people to hear this whole story before they try and take a sound clip of it. Mm-hmm. She's in Upper Elementary, and one of her friends was acting like a monkey, going "ooh ooh,", ooh ah, and like walking like a monkey, and like doing the hands mm-hmm. under the arms thing and walking weird. And um, she goes, "Oh, you're a monkey!" Like thinking he was doing charades type deal.
1: Yeah,
0: you're racist. She's like, "What? He's black." Mm. you're racist she's like no I'm not like you were acting like a monkey like like a lion or like you're acting like a monkey you're racist and then his girlfriend and this, this whole thing happens of coming up and calling her a racist and wow, she goes no it'd be racist if I called you a black monkey and I'm like you can't <laughs> say that
1: <laughs> well that applies that you know there's white monkeys black monkeys we're all monkeys <laughs> right like I, but
0: I, and she's like this is stupid oh, and then great but she she was being a kid like she That's wasn't awful. it wasn't racist yeah. she's like and in my head I'm like if he was growling like a tiger or a lion like that yeah. would be okay right or pretend to be an elephant like or would that be fat shaming like <laughs> <laughs> right like I don't even know anymore
1: it's so sad that kids have to deal with this nowadays it's it's terrible and it's again. It's this idea of progress to the point of of regressing. You know, um, it, it it is. That is a whole other thing, but that's so unfortunate, this hyper fixation on on race. And it it is regressive. We've gotten to the point where now we are segregated, not just because of the vaccine or whatever we were talking about earlier, but people have, you know, I was reading there's a Black graduation ceremony and there's several of them and Black dorms and this and that. So we are now progressed so far that we're regressing back to segregation and that's not progress.
0: Well, and I'm I'm probably not going to be liked for this. Um, they're creating segregation and then telling you you should like it and that you yeah. should want it. And so then it's not bad because you're putting yourself in the cage. Like mm-hmm. it, it's okay because the black people are putting themselves in a cage. They're segregating right. themselves. So that makes it okay. Like that's really right. messed
1: up. It is very messed up. And then if you put, you know, if you segregate off the black individuals, well, then that means... I guess the white individuals are segregated off on their own. And then you tell them that they're the problem and there's whiteness, you know, the whiteness is evil, which is something I whiteness doesn't even exist first off, but if it does exist, you can't get rid of it. Um, And then, you know, you scream about Nazis all the time and you scream about, I mean, you are creating, I think you push people towards extremism. I don't think it's a good idea to segregate off white people and say, you guys are the problem. We hate you because there are going to be some people who don't bend the knee. Um, and those people might, you know, become more hateful. I don't think it's anything innate in white people to become, you know, these extremist groups. But if you keep segregating off everybody and saying you're the problem, well, would someone who maybe wasn't this way before, like going back to the quote unquote anti-vaxxer thing, with someone who maybe never had a thought in their head before, would they maybe become? Uh, a different sort of thing and I'm not equating anti-vaxxers to Nazis but it would would you maybe push them to this well I never and you keep telling me I am this thing so I I must I am yeah I must be this thing exactly for for a
0: little history lesson in case people think it was only old white men who sold slaves from Africa Mm. um you do you realize that the people in Africa were black selling black people to the white people. Like you, yes. there's that little part of history that tends to be right. forgotten. Like right. it wasn't one specific race. And also there was a bunch of Irish, white, very white people who were slaves in America exactly. too. So like, let's not cherry pick history here.
1: Exactly. And <laughs> I, you, this is so, I mean, I do feel strongly about this because This was one of the things that in 2017, 2018 sort of clued me into the idea that something might not be quite right, because that was the first time I ever heard the phrase white privilege, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's been around for much longer, but that was the first time it was clued into me. At the time I was still acting and, you know, I saw the push for racial diversity above all things in Hollywood. And then, of course, we saw it outside of Hollywood. And I ended up leaving acting for many, many reasons. And I didn't immediately walk away from the Democrat Party because of that. But it does not match my experience, you know, this idea of white privilege. And I think that the way that we're having this conversation, which isn't really even a conversation around race, is one of the most destructive ways possible. I understand that horrible, horrible things have happened in history. I'm even willing to say that maybe there are horrible things that happen still that I don't fully understand, Mm -hmm. but the best way to go about it is not by telling people, you know, we don't need your voice. We've already had you, you're a white boy. So we've already got your whole story. That's not true. That that white boy has never existed in history before. And the kids are not responsible for the sins of their fathers. And, um it's it's just it's the most off-putting off-putting way to talk about it and it doesn't speak to the vast majority of of white people in this nation who are struggling I mean it's something like 57 percent of Americans right now say they can't afford a thousand dollar emergency if it comes up and that has nothing to do with color and so really the only people you're speaking to are wealthy white Americans I assume who somehow equate their their wealth with their skin color uh, either rightfully or wrongfully, but you're not speaking to the vast swaths of Americans who don't have that experience and can tell you, no, you know, I think uh, white, a modern-day white man's life, uh, American's life, can be just as challenging as a modern-day Black American's life, you know? So this is a wildly, and I hate the term because it's overused, but a wildly offensive way to talk about weight, race. And if you want to win hearts and minds which maybe these people don't maybe people who are you know of any color who are so hellbent on tearing everything down just want to burn it all down and don't want to win hearts and minds but if you want to win hearts and minds this is not the way to do it this no. is not matching people's experience from the very people who talk so much about lived experience but again it goes back to well only certain lived experiences only minorities lived experience it doesn't really matter what your lived experience is as a white person or whether you recognize white privilege or whatever else so it's it's really not doing us any favors again and it's one of the things whether people like it or not and that's the reason that i'm sitting here was that and i tried for a long time to understand white privilege i, I read white fragility i read how to be an anti-racist you know i really did try because i at the time, was very liberal, and even though it was off-putting to me, I had this idea of this is how compassionate people are, etc. But there's, again, just like with COVID, there's no accounting for any kind of questions, no kind of criticism, no kind of pushback. It's either you bend the knee and raise the fist in the situation, or you don't, and you're dead to them, and you are part of the problem. And so it is one of the reasons, obviously, COVID was the big turning point, but it was married with the response to BLM. And I wouldn't have really had such a strong reaction, maybe, if I hadn't have been told for years prior that I have this white privilege and this white fragility. And I had tried my best to understand it, but I really, really don't understand it. And um, that's why I'm here today, having changed my mind on so many things. So they are they're losing people, I think, with this rhetoric among Quick question. so many how, other things.
0: How do they define white fragility?
1: Well, I think that's part of the problem is all these terms are so malleable and vague, but my understanding of it is, um, you know, Robin D'Angelo wrote the book white fragility. She's a white woman and I'm not a critical race theorist, but I think it is this idea that if you, it's a, it's a very, I think it's a Kafka trap is what they call it is if mm-hmm. you disagree with what I'm saying, it proves that I'm right. Um, So if you, Like this idea of white woman tears and white tears. I recently Mm -hmm. made a video on this. So if a white person, specifically a white woman, but a white person expresses any kind of upset or pushback or anything over being told that we are inherently racist well that is white fragility so if we if we if we deny at all at all in any way or even question which most people would do if you call them racist most right hearted people would do that is evidence that i'm right and you have white fragility so any kind of pushback again if you don't bend the knee if you do anything other than bend the knee you're further proving my point that you are racist
0: i just i'm listening to you describe the words that they use and Mm -hmm. i feel like and maybe this is why because i don't understand the definitions although they're malleable i feel Mm -hmm. like white privilege and white fragility are oxymorons i feel like you can't be both it's either whites have privilege or whites are fragile
1: like i feel like you have to pick one. Exactly. I, 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 that is a really great point. That's a great <laughs> point. You know, are, are white people, are, are we the, you know, the worst, the devil, these horrible, horrible, you know, forceful, or are we crying and making everything about us, you know? And I, it, it also, to your point, I mean, is it every, first of all, human beings are fragile. Uh, in many ways. But if if the people who have any color, who have a problem with you disagreeing with them, um, I would say those are the fragile people, the people who literally cannot hear a different viewpoint. Those are the fragile people. And none of this is exclusive to being white, obviously. But it's not white people who are just all white people who are fragile. It's not people who push back against critical race theory because we are the my, not the minority, but we're the tinier voice right now in society. So we're not the fragile ones. It's the people who literally cannot take any kind of opposition. But you're, you're right. This idea of privilege or being fragile, it is. And I think that's part of the, the point. Again, I'm not super well-versed in all this. All this goes back to Marxism. But I think that's part of the point is this like this chaos that it constructs and no one really knows what it means. What is white privilege? Some people think it means that you literally have, um, and I talk about this a lot online and I have people in the comments and I do try to listen if someone's, you know, mostly respectful, but it's all sorts of different definitions. Some people think white privilege means you literally have a better life that you have a cushier life in some way. And then other people say, well, no, it just means that your life can be terribly, terribly hard, but it's not hard because the color of your skin. Okay, well, which is it? No one agrees. And that's part of the problem is it's all very, it's like white supremacy. It's you subjective. Know, it's all, yes, again, it's subjective and it's whatever you want it to be. And if you have the right voice, meaning in this situation, if you are a minority, specifically a black American um then specifically a black american who comes from you know slave ancestry well then you are the right one obviously but meanwhile we have a book called white fragility written by a white woman who's making money off of this you know so none of it is really again it's all hypocritical it's all sort of you know hashtag liberal logic even though this is not liberalism by any means you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense and i'm not saying everything on the other side makes sense but it consistently it's like if you take one opinion and then marry it with or compare it to another opinion of the left that they contradict each other it's yes. like if you think about any of this for longer than two minutes you have a lot of questions but you can't ask questions yeah so. <laughs> well
0: natalie it's been an absolute pleasure
1: speaking yeah with thank you. you so much this um, is great
0: everything will be linked in the show notes but can you verbally tell people where they can find you
1: uh, yeah, I, if you search Natalie Beisner, B-E-I-S-N-E-R, or Natalie Jean Beisner, I come up. I don't make it easy. I'm, I'm NJ Beisner on Twitter, but Natalie Jean Beisner on Instagram, uh, <laughs> Natalie Beisner on YouTube and Rumble. So it's, it's all, I didn't really think this through when I started making, making handles. Uh, recently banned off TikTok. So not, not there anymore, but you can find me on Rumble, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter.
0: And like I said, guys, all that will be linked in the show notes. So you can click on it and thank y'all for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.
1: Yeah. With compared compare it to another opinion of the left that they contradict each other. It's yes. like, if you think about any of this for longer than two minutes, you have a lot of questions, but you can't ask questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> well,
0: Natalie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking yeah, with thank you. Thank you so much. This um, is great. Everything will be linked in the show notes, but can you verbally tell people where they can find you?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I if you search Natalie Beisner, B-E-I-S-N-E-R, or Natalie Jean Beisner, I come up. I don't make it easy. I'm I'm N.J. Beisner on Twitter, but Natalie Jean Beisner on Instagram, <laughs> uh, Natalie Beisner on YouTube and Rumble. So it's it's all. I didn't really think this through when I started making making handles uh recently banned off tiktok so not not there anymore but you can find me on rumble youtube instagram and twitter
0: and like i said guys all that will be linked in the show notes so you can click on it and thank y'all for listening and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful day